here we go. So if you could give me a couple, give me a couple minutes, and then I'll we'll we'll start. Thank you for doing this. Oh no, thank you. This is yeah. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. I'm like, how am I involved in this? Because <laughs> you're awesome. Because you're yes, yeah. And you're thank you. you, Angela. I was literally telling Siobhan, I was like, I feel really um like validated that Angela shared a couple of my things because she's so smart. And then I got this message. Oh, sweetie, so, you're awesome. I feel really cool. <laughs> like <twin> sister, yo. <laughs> yeah, I was like, exactly. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Well, and we're, um, yeah, we're just, just thank you for, you know, I guess, trusting us and, and, you know, having the, the courage to, to come on here. Cause it's not, you know, it's, it's, I don't, it's not easy. I can imagine. And, but we want people to hear. So I'm, I'm going to kick it off if we're good. Um, hi everybody. Hi. We're, we're back. Um, this is the week of June 8th and our first Black Voices Matter uh, segment uh, today is with Annie and Latoya. So there's there's sisters in Portland, Oregon, um, and we're just really honored to be talking to you because I, if you you have you both have really interesting perspectives, especially coming from a place of Portland where I think a lot of people think, oh, you know, it's um, it's Portland, liberal, like open arms, and but I think there's probably a, a bit of a surprising story there. So Nina and I are really um really honored to have you both on you know we always like to kick it off how are you two doing good yeah a little heavy but overall okay excited actually this is something that's had to happen and i'm really glad that it is going to happen and we have a chance to help direct it into a positivity yeah awesome yeah thank you we us too and i think that's you know it, it we just, we felt like we had a platform that we wanted to be able to give to to Black Voices to have, because we just need to sit back and listen. And so where, where do you two want to start? What what do you want to talk about? Um, I'll let you go first, Latoya. Um, hi. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess I'll start with the whole, um, you know, idea okay so something I've noticed recently with everything that's happened is um the idea of black people um teaching white people or even just non-black people because people some people of color can have um issues uh everybody can be racist yeah right teaching uh people how to not be racist against us um against black people um because it's i've noticed that like white people specifically only that that's why i'm saying that it could be others um they don't really necessarily listen to each other when um they are being policed by another white person um which i think can be pretty problematic and then it just puts like more work on black people and like, I don't really want to have to do that. Like, I've had to actually do that this week. And it's like, y'all should be listening to each other when a white person even has the courage to, like, actually speak up and be like, hey, you know, don't say the N-word. Or, hey, maybe, like, don't silence that Black voice, you know? Like, it shouldn't always be 
on the black person to have to say, don't be a dick. Like, oh, I probably can't say that. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Oh, no, no, it's <laughs> we're not a free. Yeah, nope. Okay. <laughs> so, good. yeah, like I I'm I'm getting a little tired of that. I am open to having those discussions, but it's just like, yeah, I really, really want y'all to listen to each other because y'all are adults a lot of you and it's it's it shouldn't be so hard to not be racist like it, I don't understand why it seems to be like this crazy thing that people like don't understand how to not do um I mean I guess it's like taught from to a lot of people from when they're really young but like it is extremely exhausting to be experiencing it and then being like hey and it's like feels like you're screaming into like a black abyss because a lot of times it's not even listened to so you know maybe if people listen to like their own race too like that would help mm-hmm. you know? yeah like I think uh I think you're right like anti-blackness just runs in this country right it's not it's not just white people um the Asian community in this country and I could you know speak uh I'm not gonna speak on behalf of all Asians, but I, I can say what I've seen in the Asian and South Asian community and is that, you know, we are very complicit in the uh, oppression of black people in this country. And uh, I think it is upon us to talk to our own communities and, and yeah, outline it, outline how we have been complicit and, you know, what we can and should be doing to change that. And within the home sphere too, because there's a lot of kids who are learning this, you know, at home or in school. And I think there's some well-meaning parents who are afraid to tell their children the truth and Mm -hmm. think that if they raise them in this little bubble clad sphere of everything's fine. Because I've been told on many occasions over the Mm -hmm. years that racism is over, that, you know, we got this figured out. You know, we had the civil rights movement. What are you talking about? you know, all the time, why are you going to bring the race card into it all the time? And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, because that's kind of what I live every day. Maybe right. you don't think about it because you have the luxury of not thinking about it. But every single day there's, if I go in the public or if I'm looking at something on the, you know, on the internet, I empathize with incidents that I see, or I directly, you know, get the stare, get the, you know, get the challenge. I've been told, you know, oh, there's no such thing as Nazis anymore. Oh, that person actually didn't say, you know, the N word, they, they weren't mean to you. And I'm like, yeah, but, mm. you know, you are challenging my feelings and my interpretation on that animal level. And I can definitely say that that person hates me because of how I look. You know, they they want to disbelieve the fact that someone can tell you what they think about you without words. You know, they can, you know, be so polite and they can say, you know, nice words, but their eyes, their body language, you know, because they're following you in the store every since you walked in, you know, three feet behind you, you know, just waiting for you to shoplift because of course you're going to shoplift because Mm -hmm. that's how your nose looks and that's what your hair looks like. You know, they wear their opinions on their sleeve. And if you challenge them, they're like, oh, no, 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 no. You know, uh, part of the problem with Oregon, too, is we were settled by all the Confederates who got their butts kicked and they ran diagonally as far as they could across country and they settled Oregon. You know, a lot of our uh, counties, a lot of our schools, a lot of our streets are named after, you know, Confederates. And so, you know, that racism is kind of our culture. 
sure we're genteel and polite. I grew up in Southern Oregon. And if you want to talk about, you know, Southern gentility, you go to Southern Oregon, you know, the Rogue Valley. It was voted the third worst place in the country to grow up, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And there I just had to learn to put my head down. And, you know, I I went to a prep school and there were lots of rich white kids and they would tell all the jokes. They would say all of the, you know, why don't you look normal? How come your hair is so funny? You know, and mm-hmm. all they do is, you know, pull you away from what you believe is good and normal. <clears throat> and then these kids grow up and they start businesses, they become city councilmen, you know, and they still have that past. And to them, that's just how it is. And that's how these things get transferred. So parents, you know, check your laughter. If you hear your kids saying something, you know, tell them that, you know, not to say that. If you read something in the paper, maybe don't have it as, you know, graphic as, as the news is, but you got to tell them, don't shield them because we're not shielded. And then that's how these divides start because as little kids, you know, Toy and I, we got the conversation, you know, when you see a police officer, you know, be very careful of this and this and right. this might happen, you know, as soon as, as soon they, as you're young. They better act this way in white spaces. Like grandmama yeah. me that at seven years old, like our whole family has taught that stuff. Like, yeah. Every minority is. <laughs> there is a difference between you and white people. And a lot of people, other like white people are, I learn they say, oh, I don't see color. And it's like, no, I need you to see my color because yes. people, it's not a good thing that, oh, I don't see color like that. No. That's, that's erasure. Uh, yeah. That that's also, yeah. I, you know, my, that my color is valid and you know, I can't change that. And I deal with so much shit for it. So you better see my color and help me out. <laughs> like, please. Yeah. And I'm proud of my color. You know, yeah. I, 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 I'm native, I'm black and I'm white. And coming from, you know, three places, I get hate from three sides. I'm not native enough. I'm not black enough and I'm not white enough. So as a small kid, I learned that everybody can be a bastard and that, you know, my best thing is to be proud of who I am. And I want little kids to know that too, that they, you know, that they shouldn't have to live in fear, whether they're little white kids or they're little, you know, children of color. That fear is what's breaking us apart. We got to, you know, broach that. We're not going to steal your stuff. We're not going to rape your woman. We're not going to, you know, mug you in the, in the dark alley. (laughs) Right. Right. Like a lot of, a lot of people I met were like, you're so nice. (laughs) When they finally talked to me and I'm like, oh. That's like the, the, the quintessential microaggression right there, isn't it? You're so nice. It's like, well, mm-hmm. what did you expect? <laughs> I grew up with that a lot because like, you know, Portland is pretty white. When I was younger, we lived in Northeast Portland before I was genderfied. Um, and that was all mix of people of color. And then, then later on, uh, you know, moving around, I ended up like living in Beaverton and stuff. And it was, yeah, very, I was always like the one black kid or, you know, even in like closer to Gresham in Portland, it's like, I was the one black kid. And I mean, and it's little kids, I don't, you know, and they're just like, what's wrong with your skin? Or, you know, yeah. they're just like hardcore. About it. <laughs> like, they're just like, is your hair bulletproof? <laughs> Yeah, like, do you, like, why do you look like that? You know, just like, it's, you know, blatant stuff. And then later on, it's, you know, in 
oh you're pretty for a black girl that oh, was yeah. like the thing I would get Ooh. all the time you're yeah. so smart like people are like genuinely shocked that I can put together a sentence or something oh, <laughs> like you know I hate basketball because that was what everybody would ask me do you play basketball look at your fingers they're so long you know you must be good yeah. at sports like really that's that really <laughs> right so, yeah. I, I, I always hated it. And then one game I, I decided, all right, let's see what I can do. And I ran the court and that was like the one. And after that, I quit the team. I'm like, all right, I proved I can do it. I know I can do it, but I really hate the association of, you know, this is my worth and value. Right. You know, and I think is- that like you and I maybe um, forged our own path and was like, I'm proud to be black. I'm going to like do my own, do it in my own fucking way. And that can also, I mean, I definitely grew up getting some hate from black people because, you know, I was, you know, interested in, I'm like, I'm going to be interested in whatever the hell I want to be interested in. You're like Led Zeppelin. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, you know, I'm liking all, I'm into a lot of different rock bands and like, I'm into different art and different, you know, whatever. And I think that also was something as an adult, I realized like maybe that's like some internalized hatred of my blackness because I got ridiculed and bullied so hard for it, you know, but also it's like, a am not going to be anything that anyone expects me to be as a black person, even though I still do listen to, you know, all black music, like a lot of black music. And I mean, rock and roll is black. So, I mean, so <laughs> right. <laughs> well, it just, what blows my mind, and I've heard this a lot, and we were talking about this a little earlier before we went live, but it's, it's it, there, there is, uh, you know, all of these comments and microaggressions and, oh, you, do you play, are you good at basketball? Like that's, there, there's such, uh, uh, it's just a, a lack of education, a lack of just getting to know other people as people. But what's worse then for the black community is, I, I, and I've heard a lot of black people say this, that they're actually having to educate white people on how to not hurt them as a black person or be racist. Like how that, what that's for, I mean, I just, I don't get it. It blows I, my mind. I, I see that coming from a place of where they were never really instructed to view me as a human being because if they automatically see another person of that same you know phenotype you know you know because getting back to it realize that race is a construct right there is more genetic variation within people who look alike than there is genetic variation between people of what they like to call races um so you know i like to start you know by telling people that making sure that when they talk about race there is no biological scientific you know, reason for that. That's just a misnomer that was invented to, you know, create human chattel and human masters. You know, the, right. the, the, the word race itself, I actually really hate because words matter. When you say race, you automatically think of winners and losers because that's implied, you know, mm-hmm. and there really shouldn't be winners and losers in a system where everybody is the same you know we are all human on my census form for the past 20 years when they asked me my race i put human 
I've had census workers come to my door and ask me, do you understand what the question is? And I'm like, I do, do you? So, <laughs> you know, educating people like that is a start and it, and it hurts. It, it's almost like victim blaming, I think, because mm -hmm. they don't really understand what they're saying. And I have to say, all right, I'm drowning, but here I'll help you as I'm doing it. <laughs> You know, and as, you know, and as employers, as adults, you know, in, in, you know, this adult, you know, world, businesses really need to understand that they just have to take a step back and, and view people of a different skin color as just that, you know, it's just like you go and you see, you know, a cat of, you know, marmalade and a cat of Siamese, they're both cats, you know, somebody right. has brown skin, somebody has white skin. If, if an adult has a problem within their, their head and their heart and they're afraid of how to treat somebody of a different color, then, you know, I'm, I'm not saying a rate, color erasure, ask themselves, well, if this was a white person, how would I treat them? And that might be a good springboard for them to, to answer their own question, you know, to just have some internal dialogue. What is it about this person that is making me afraid? What is it about this person that is making me want to question their, their motives? you know, question themselves first before they question this other person based on some, you know, spurious notion, some spurious construct of race. I, you know, that would be a start. How yeah. have you seen like everything? I mean, there's so much that's happened in the country over the last couple of weeks. Um, how have you seen everything played out in, uh, in Oregon? Oof. <laughs> <laughs> I, I living in the country, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, I, that's why I really wanted to get my sister on here because there's two dramatic different, you know, dramatically different areas, you know, the, the country mouse and the city mouse and here in the country, you know, this is Confederate flag land, you know, I, I, I like it when they fly the Confederate flag, because for me, that's a warning to cross the street, you know, um, there are, you know, people walking around with American flags on their shoulders and a Confederate flag on their shirt with, you know, a semi-automatic rifle, you know, standing in front of businesses because they're afraid of what? I don't know. You know, that's what we get. That's what we get here in the country. <laughs> What's wow. it like in the city? Oh my God. Uh, we get a lot of performative allyship here in Portland um, because Portland is like, oh, we're so liberal. Um, so there's a lot of people who go to protests and they're in like cute outfits, you know what I mean? Like, you know, they like put together a, a protest outfit and they're like taking pictures, taking selfies. selfies. <laughs> there's a lot of got like dudes on the side with their like crazy cameras taking pictures. Um, there's a lot of people like just on Instagram who who like to do the the performative thing. Um, but I mean, that was like kind of how it was before this too. Yeah, um, I mean, this is still the same for a lot of us. It's just that more white people are now getting involved. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so <laughs> well, it's, kind of, it's kind of the same, I mean. Uh, yeah. You know, the protests are like mostly, mostly peaceful. Um, the one on Friday where they burnt the Justice Center and stuff, I wasn't there like right when that exactly happened. 
when that first happened, but that was like, I feel like the most crazy um, that it's gotten from protesters. Every other time it's been crazy, it's been police starting that um, by like tear gassing peaceful people. Just yeah. um, that I've seen, I saw that with my own eyes multiple times um, and was tear gassed myself for nothing, you know, in a well, group of people just standing there, so like just chanting, which should be our right. It is our right. You know, ask any person of color about the Portland Police Department and it's not gonna be, oh, they're so liberal, mm -mm. you know. Right. <laughs> Portland, is, right. Portland is Klan, you know, Oregon is Klan. Oregon yeah. is not, like, like in 88 in Applegate, uh, I was with my mom at a lake and I, I saw a literal motorcade of Nazis with a police escort there were no protesters. So what were the police doing there? To me, they looked like an honor guard. You know, there was yeah. banners, there were foot soldiers, there was important people cosplaying, you know, shitty Nazi officers in a car, you know, with the top down, just cruising down the street. You know, that's that's the Rogue Valley for you. And- Yeah, I think like one of the things that we are seeing is the performative, elements of this the performative support you know companies are coming out and doing this like yeah like the instagram attention grabbers are doing this you know and one of the things i worry about is that yeah everyone's talking about it right now but mm -hmm. three weeks from now are they going to still be talking about it um you know what are your what are your thoughts on like how can we keep this conversation going and it doesn't just fade into the background like so many like all the others yeah like every other hashtag conversation. Exactly. Right. What do you want to see happen? Like, what do you, what do you want to see like the world and, and people and, and white people and Asian people and non-black people or black uh, people do? I want to see more support across the board. I want equal opportunities. Um, you know, we talked about like this before we got on that I, um, I mean, I live in Portland, I live, you know, alone, so I have to hustle, I have like three jobs. Uh, and one of them is dancing, I've been a dancer for eight years. And it is really hard for a lot of dancers to get hired at clubs or booked because we're independent contractors, let alone like audition at clubs. Um, black dancers can't, are not allowed to play hip hop. We're not, a lot of them, you know, if you do get hired at a club, like you're the token, they won't hire very, you know, book too many. Um, so it'd be cool if like overall people could get, you know, equal opportunities um, and pay people directly. Reparations is a real thing. Um, and obviously the government probably isn't gonna do that. So I think it's up to the community to uplift black families and black people. And it's not like a charity thing. You know, um, I did make a list of Venmos and cash apps and a lot of people didn't want to be put on it because, you know, they're like, oh, I don't need it or I feel weird. You know what I mean? Like, and it's like black people, you know, do do a lot for the communities. They are there for a lot of different social issues. You know what I mean? Black women uplift a lot of people. A lot of your things that you like come from black people. So mm -hmm. why would you not help uplift those individuals? Like even as a model and creative person, like it's hard for me to even get booked for those things. Like 
uplift individual people. It's nice that people are giving to organizations that you get a tax write-off on. That's great, I'm happy for you. But individuals need support. Like we need real support from everyone. And we can tell when it's not genuine, you know, it, yeah. when it's just to kind of, you know, stroke your white ego and to portray yourself as a white savior. You know, right. every couple of years we get those white savior movies about like somebody who sees a promising athlete and we get two mm -hmm. hours of watching him like lift them up to become the best, you know, sports athlete he could. And you're like, that's messaging for black people as this is the best that you're gonna be. And for white people, it's like, you can be a white savior. You can, you know, be Suzanne Summers and feed a black child. And, you know, it's yeah. it, it involve them in your business. You know, think about your hiring, you know, don't right. argue when somebody says, you know, something that, you know, initially before would have been a knee jerk reaction, like, oh, you know, why do we have to have, you know, a, a demographic spread for university? Why do I have to hire, you know, black people, you know, just because they're black? Well, you know, we are still suffering the repercussions of 300 years of slavery. You know, right. the, like when I went down south, I would see people beating on their kids. And to me, that was because they are still a culture of corporal punishment. You know, it's Bible led, spare the rod, spare the, you know, spoil the child. But that's also the, you know, uh, mentality they use for holding slaves. You know, when you don't like them, you beat them, you cut them up. You know, it's this sort still of- Still pretty cool. segregated there too, like. Yeah, they still have like separate proms, black prom and white prom, you yeah. know. Hmm involve people um like detroit is always held up as like this black on black crime you know center but i've talked with black people and white people from detroit and they're like you know in the 70s there was no big there was no problems there were no racial tensions is because you know everybody had a job everybody had opportunity and then mm -hmm. when things started you know going to hell uh the business you know owners would keep the white guys and they fired the black guys and then that's when there started to be segregation, when there started to be hate and distrust, you know, hire representatively, don't hire based on opinion, you know, and, and maybe it's cheesy, but don't create this whitewashed, you know, fragility thing that's, you know, kind of dances around the subject of, you know, bigotry you know, get somebody mm -hmm. to speak to it from experience and listen to them you know, really listen to them, don't objectify them. Because a lot of times I feel like just an object, you know, kind mm -hmm. of like just like this, you know, almost, you know, in high school, I was looking back and I, as, as a token, you know, in a private white Catholic high school, I definitely felt like the token and people could come up and they could fuck with me whenever they wanted, you know, if, like, kind of like locked up like a courtesan, you know, they could fuck with you whenever they wanted and you just had to put your head down and take it. Um, so, you know, listen to our stories. Mm -hmm. Right. Listen. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Crap, listen. listen. At the yeah. very fucking least, probably shouldn't have said that word. Listen, you know, like yeah. it's not that hard to actively listen. And I'm sure y'all have heard similar stories from a lot of different people. You know, if you're paying a little bit of attention, you have. So maybe you know, check that. It's not like, you know, it's like, it's not like cancel culture. It's like, you know, learn, take accountability and learn and grow from that. Like we the all- The opposite of that, yeah. The opposite of cancel culture. Yeah. Yeah. Because oh, uh, there, was that, 
there, there was that incident um, where those uh, girls over at Penn State drew swastikas on their shoulder and everybody's like, expel them. And I'm like, no, they should not be expelled. They are clearly suffering from ignorance and lack of understanding. You know, they need to have more education, more inclusion, more exposure, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah, I love I, I love what exactly what you're saying. I mean, it, it is like it, it's the the message that Ben and Jerry's put out. It's like th there is no we don't get to sidestep this these conversations anymore. Like it's head on, and you either are or you aren't, and you better figure it out. And mm -hmm. because it's we need to we we need to have these conversations. White people need to absolutely not hide anymore from having these conversations and and we need to listen like you just said i mean that's uh, and big corporations too hire yeah of black people because like you know small businesses i do see that happening in portland like even um cassie the owner of alter the shop i work at on hawthorne um, she is extremely inclusive and not in like a weird white savior way. Um, although she does hold, has in the past couple of weeks started conversations with me and held herself accountable if there has been any issue and there hasn't, you know, like she has uplifted me in great ways, you know, um, in personal ways and in her business, like I've grown in like a tiny business. We only have four people, you know, um, and saw like things that I'm good at and was like, hey, do you wanna do this? Can I, you know, compensate you for this? Can I, you know? So I think like, yeah, I, I did say earlier like, oh, see me that I'm black, but also in work, like I am just a, a, a good person. I am just a, a person, you know, I am a human and we are people who are just like good at our jobs or good at things. And like, once they are hired, it's not like, oh, there's the, that's the token black person and they're there. It's like, you know, treat them as a, any other employee, like give them opportunities to work up or, you know, and hire other ones. Like don't mm -hmm. let, just cause you have one token, that's not enough. And it is a little uncomfortable, you know, to be yeah. there. And, you know, make the distinction of, you know, but be, be, between erroneously saying black people aren't good at X, Y, and Z, Black people are thugs and Black people are violent because X, Y, and Z, and understand the socioeconomic background, you know, of that, of, you know, how they developed, you know, Black ghettos and how they, you know, systematically destroy Black schooling. You know, the whole civil rights movement was because of Brown, you know, versus Board of Education. You know, they just couldn't deal with the fact that, you know, little Black kids were going to get the same educational opportunities because they right. understood that that's the beginning of inclusion you know, <clears throat> getting an education is, you know, the very, you know, best way to kind of push your way into this segregated society, because then you can speak up for yourself. You know, one of the most painful things that I've ever experienced, like I, California, I'm not a fan, simply because to me, every time I go there, I see, you know, uh, field workers bent over like slaves picking strawberries, you know, little rights, you know, little accommodations, little respect. Um, I used to go to this uh, place, Balzac's Bistro, and one day I saw this man crying into his beer. And you know, I like to talk. I would say, you know, what what's wrong? Can I, you know, do you want to chat? Turns out he was a high school counselor for uh, this one high school um, that was in the middle of Martinelli's country. You know, the Zappa Juice people. 
And he was crying because he was told by Martinelli's corporation that he was placing too many Hispanic kids into good universities. He was a few years from pension, you know, a few years from retirement. And he was told that things would happen and he would be fired if he placed wow. more Hispanic wow. students in good universities. Yeah, I'm telling a story. I've never had Martinelli's ever since, but I'm gonna, I did, never got his name, but you know, his story has always been with me. And he was crying because he was basically, you know, put between not having retirement money and doing the right thing by helping these kids get education. And mm. Martinelli's afraid because as soon as these kids go to university, get education, you know, understand the basic, you know, principles of civil liberties, of human decency and human rights, which happens when you get education, they would come back and bring that to their parents and say, oh my gosh, you don't even have an outhouse. You don't have this, you don't have that. You're spraying chemicals without proper protection. We have to change things. And that's what education does. It changes people and it changes society. You know, so maybe as business owners, one great thing you could do is, you know, help people out if they have kids, don't make it difficult for them, you know, to get childcare, you know, mm -hmm. if they have to go take care of their kid, you know, say, all right, you know, I can, I can help you uplift the next generation, you know, give proper, you know, paternity support, maternity support, um, mm -hmm. you know, all of these things, you know, help women, uh, you know, not only is it tough being a person of color, but it's even tougher being a female of color, you know, we get less pay, you know, we're objectified twice, you know, for our gender and for, you know, our Ooh. phenotype. So, you know, pay attention to that and, you know, check yourself, check your laughter. If, you know, a person is afraid to, you know, to speak up when their, you know, counterparts, you know, when they're hanging out with their white friends and some white person says something, because I've overheard tons of that, you know, growing up when they didn't think I was hearing, or maybe they just didn't care, you know, I would have a friend who would kind of look over me at embarrassed like it was like what am i going to do you're going to open your mouth and you're going to speak truth and you're going to call your friends and what they're saying mm -hmm. that's how it starts because latoya and i aren't going to get invited you know to you know the city council meeting we're not going to get invited to you know the the you know elks club you know we're not going to be invited to the rotarians mm -hmm. or whatever they do these days you know Right. y'all are and to be a real ally is to to say these things when it's not performative when it's not in the middle of the street and you can get it on ig you know when nobody but you and your peer group will hear and that is going to help wash away and assuage all of the white guilt you know of years before try it once you know it's scary but just imagine where they're holding your hands and looking at you and with love because this is how it changes it's not going to change with fear and it's you know, that's how they've kept us down for all these hundreds of years. You know, people who have been oppressed, we've always wanted change and we've always wanted rights. Nobody has listened to us. So it's going to take everybody else to make that happen. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I just want to say like the, this conversation has been amazing. Um, I can't thank you both enough for just the, you know, the courage to, and, and this is exactly what we need to hear. Um, so thank you both very, very much. Um, you know, please let us know how else we can help. I know Latoya, you have that list. Um, if that's something that's shareable or if everybody feels comfortable, we can, you know, share it along with kind of the repost of, of this episode. But again, oh, just yeah. thank you both. Woo, thank you. Yeah, yeah. That, that was cool.
Yeah, and thanks for the invite. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, us too. No, it, it's just, it, yeah, it means the world to us that you, you know, and kind of trusted us to, to come on here. And so thank you uh, so much. Um, thank you all for listening. Um, as always, you know, the upcoming schedules on chooseinclusion.com. Um, and yeah, we will just continue to bring these amazing black voices to you all. And until we see change. Yes. So and this you. is a good thing to do. Like, this is one, this is like, I really like what you guys are doing. Like, this is a way to keep the conversation and keep change happening, you know? So thank you a lot for using your platform this way. Thank you yeah. too. Awesome. Well, thanks everybody. We'll, we'll see you soon. Later. Take care everyone. Have a good day. Yeah.